This is a presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network, part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, John K. This is Hack Underground. Today, we have a very, another very special episode put together for you. I was lucky enough to track down some contact information for the one and only Byron Bond. If anybody's had a Byron Bond class, you know how awesome this man is, and I am so thankful that I got the chance to have a conversation with him today on the phone. And I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did. How's it going, Dr. Bond? It's been it's been a while since we've gotten a chance to chat. John, it's going great. And yes, it has been a long time, maybe too long. Much too long. So with out further ado, we get the chance to sit down with an absolute legend today. Dr. Byron Bond, very, very long teaching career, picked up a lot of good stuff along the way. And uh, besides Brandy, probably one of my favorite professors that I've ever had the joy of learning from. I'm very flattered to hear you say that, John. Well, that's all the truth. I wouldn't, I don't lie. So (laughs) just, just know that I, I don't tell a lie. So, Dr. Bond, how long were you at Trine? I know, we well, we can talk about, you can talk about your whole journey and how you got to Trine originally, if you'd like. Well, I've known about Trine for years. As a matter of fact, my grandfather went to Trine back when it was uh, Tri-State Teachers College. But uh, my wife's family owns some property in Stubend County, and we decided to build there about nine years ago. And I was then working at Eastern Michigan University. I was a a dean and associate provost there. And uh, I decided to retire, but I couldn't leave the classroom. So I uh, asked if I could teach some part-time classes, teach part-time at Trine about five years ago. And Amy Nichols, who was then the department head, said, yes, come on in, gave me a couple of classes. And then I uh, just picked up a few more. And then finally, I ended up being full time there. So I was there five years. And I mean, since you've been here, you've retired from here every year, it feels like <laughs> only only for to be joyously seen teaching again in the fall because I know my freshman year you'd mentioned something about that possibly being your last year absolutely I intended to retire each year and uh, each year I with the new crop of students I would have a group of young people that I wanted to see go through their college career and I just kept saying one more year one more year and I'll get to see them graduate and I'll get to see them graduate and uh, now I'm looking forward to seeing you graduate, John. So <laughs> yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there at some point. I, that's a that's a promise at this point. Um, All right. But how tough was it? I know. Last year, you at 
some point early in spring semester, you had said that you had accepted another year full-time teaching and then yes. COVID hit. Yes. I had every intention of coming back this fall, but um, with COVID in particular, I made the decision in May so that they could hire a replacement for me rather than making it a last minute decision. And I let the department head know that I was going to retire, not come back in the fall. And largely it was due to COVID. Uh, the mixture of online and, and live instruction, especially with classes that I taught in the area of theater and, and speech, it was just really difficult to do online for me. Yeah, and I think I think the student body would agree with you. I know I definitely agree with you. Like the speech classes are so huge to have in person and oh, have yeah. to having to deal with a real live audience at that time. And same thing with the theater class that I was in and was a little nervous about taking it at first, but ended up turning out as a very positive experience. Good. But I I just remember sitting there in quarantine, well not in quarantine, but in house lockdown I guess or whatever it was that Michigan was doing and receiving that email and it was just like it was a soul-crushing blow because like <laughs> COVID had taken away sports it had taken away school and then it had um, I figured that you were you were going to teach as long as humanly possible for yourself well I was but with my age and, and my health conditions I just kind of felt that the risk was too great and I, I imagine that that was not an easy decision to make. With not them. at all. <laughs> not at all easy. I mean, if anybody has had a class with Dr. Bond, you you know how much this man just absolutely loved teaching. He loved the human interaction. I mean, there was, absolutely. There was a couple times last year, and his office doors were always open. Just such an easy person to go sit down and talk to. I mean... I've at this point known Dr. Bond for four years, but it feels like he's just been around for a long time with how well he gets to know everybody. Well, that's what kept me coming back. I love students, uh, especially the trying students are, are so uh, respectful and so eager to learn. And I really enjoy working with trying students and it just made it, that made the decision more difficult for me to leave. It's like watching us, I mean, essentially through your eyes, it would be like watching us grow up. You talk about how, Absolutely. how great we are when we come in. I know I've had my struggles here, and you've you've seen a bunch of those because I've had class with you every year. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I mean, it was, it was definitely hard. Like I said, it was hard receiving that email because it's just like, it's such not even just a professor, like a good professor that I'm losing. I felt like I was losing a really good friend of mine. Well, the friendship is always there, John. I, I feel that any of my students that, that know me, that want to communicate with me, I feel very confident about visiting with them. Uh, the word love is a little strong, but I will say I came close to loving every one of my students. That's big time. Uh, that's a big connection to have with somebody. Um, so where was I, I'm genuinely curious cause we've heard a lot of stories. You, as you said, you were the Dean at Eastern Michigan or a Dean at Eastern mm -hmm. Michigan 
before you came here. I believe you were in Missouri at some point also in a very similar role. Where has been your favorite stop so far? Well, where was your favorite stop on your teaching slash administrative career? I would say in my administrative career, especially Eastern Kentucky University was my favorite because I was very involved with the community uh, and with the school. As a matter of fact, I was able to, to be responsible for helping get through the legislature the building of three, uh, maybe four, if you count the last one that I was partially involved in, three campuses in different cities, Manchester, Corbin, Danville uh, in Kentucky, and then Lancaster as well as the last one. And we were able to build uh, centers there and actually have a campus that was dedicated to Eastern Kentucky to bring education to adult learners and to students who otherwise would not be able to attend. Um, and I felt that was a major contribution. And then for the city, I was very active with the Chamber of Commerce. Uh, I was their vice president for economic development, and we were able to help negotiate. I certainly wouldn't take sole credit, but help negotiate a major center for a shopping center right off the highway there in, in Richmond, Kentucky. So you had your hands in, a, or your yeah, I guess, yeah, that'd be the correct. You had a, your hand in a lot of different pots, all very successful oh, yeah. ventures, it sounds like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's part of the joy of it. Uh, being in education, I was in education for a total of 53 years and uh, never looked back because everything I did, although sometimes I felt that the money wasn't really substantial, but I'll tell you, the intrinsic rewards were just fantastic everywhere I was. Um, in terms of teaching, probably my favorite place was uh, trying, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean... I definitely saw it. I mean, I could, I, I'm not surprised that that that's the answer to that question, but I am a little bit, but I mean, I, I feel like that there's just such a strong connection between students and faculty here on campus. Maybe it's because we're a smaller school, but I think so, mm -hmm. but I definitely like hundred percent the experience you get here being able to work with professors and be hands-on and stuff trines at the top you're not going to get this kind of experience and workload from that's a right. bigger school that's right well when the ratio is less than one to 17 i think that's the campus-wide ratio versus one to 200 it makes a significant difference Um, having, you said you were in teaching for 53 years. What is some advice that you would give to people who are thinking about getting into teaching or people who are pursuing it right now? What's just some, a couple of things you'd like to tell or like for them to know and take on through their journey in teaching? Well, first of all, I would say you need to love and respect your students. And if you love and respect your students, uh, you can't go wrong. I used to typically ask myself and, and tell other people, ask yourself three questions. Is it good for the student? Is it right for the discipline? And is it right for the institution where you're working? And if the answer to all three of those is yes, you can't go wrong. Um, in terms of a career, 
my gosh, I would definitely recommend teaching or being in education, whether you go into administration or not. Uh, the rewards are so great. I still have students. Um, matter of fact, I sold some property in Michigan, and the student that the person that sold it was one of my former students and had been in a play. He had played the role of Cyrano de Bergerac in a play that I directed when I taught high school there. And it was just amazing to have that kind of connection years after <laughs> we actually had our, our initial relationship. Well, that's awesome. I. I've always kind of thought about that. Like, it's weird. I feel like it's weird for me right now going back to, like, my hometown and seeing teachers who mm -hmm. I haven't had since freshman year. Minus one. There's one teacher that I go back all the time to try and see, and his name's Don Honaker, and he's another Good another one you. of those teachers that's just been huge, impactfully in my life. Good for you. But I feel that's like... Terrific. I feel like it's sometimes kind of weird because I didn't really have that connection with a lot of teachers coming up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been one of the more beneficial things of being in college and being here. I think the respect thing goes a long way because again, in high school there, it definitely felt like that there was some teachers that were like, Oh, you're just a bunch of high school kids and we didn't get the respect. And then they complained when we didn't respect them back. Mm -hmm. So I mm -hmm. feel like the respect thing is huge. I've never, again, I never really had that coming up through high school. And then you come here and it's just a completely different animal where the professors are like, yeah, you're adults now. Right, right. Well, I did teach high school for 10 years and I felt that I respected my students there and they certainly respected me. And it was a very positive experience, but I did have a lot of colleagues who just thought they were babysitting. And for them, typically, I would tell them, just get out of education. <laughs> you know, if, if all you're doing is babysitting or you're, you're angry at your students, you don't need to be there. That's... That might be a little bit of a cold attitude, but <laughs> I feel very strongly about you have to love and respect your students. I mean, I'm not going to see it as a cold attitude because I think we're on the same wavelength when it comes to that. But it is, it is just kind of mind-blowing how many – how many teachers it felt like that that was what they were there for. They just give us busy work and be like, whatever. Right. right. I know we've talked about this a little bit too, but um, professors and teachers that brag about how difficult their course is. <laughs> that's, that's another thing on the respect spectrum where it feels like, you know, we're just being disrespected as students. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, as you know, John, I always try to challenge my students, but I found that if you can instill in them a desire to learn rather than forcing them to learn, it goes a whole lot longer and their learning is a much more positive experience. And that's something that I think Brandy touched on last week also uh -huh. during her interview was that, you know, you have to be invested in what you want to be learning in. And if you're already not invested in whatever course you're taking, you're just, oh, I got to take this to graduate or whatever. And then the professor comes in talking about, oh, yeah, I curved my grades really hard and only like two people are going to get A's on one test the entire semester. It's just like, that's like, why why am I wasting my money being in this class then? Right, right. Now, in defense of, of other faculty, I will say when I first started teaching, I pretty much had that attitude. You know, I wanted to be the toughest teacher in the school. Um, but over the years, I think I developed more respect for my students and more understanding of the, the, the challenges they face 
and I think I, I hope I didn't go too far, but I felt that I needed to make my assignments reasonable assignments. I'm teaching life lessons more than just subject matter. Well, that leads right into what I was going to talk about next was the whole life lessons thing, because you always seem to find the right way to mix in a life lesson into whatever assignment it was and whether it be not a bunch of people turning it in and you find a way to work that into it. But I think that's another thing that I appreciated and that there's other people who have also appreciated that some of the life lessons you've passed on through teaching and making it, making it fun to learn our curriculum along with the life lessons. Well, I'm very flattered that you say that. That was certainly one of my efforts. (laughs) And you've got, I mean, not, not uh you have a lot of experience to pass on to us as we come up through the ranks i guess is the way to describe it well but i i try not to spend too much time talking about all my experiences because they're not as important to the students as their experiences so i tried to work on what they were experiencing what's going on now rather than what I did 50 years ago. Well, and things have changed a lot. So your experiences might not be, they might be the same in some aspects, but not quite the same as what we might be going through. Right. Right. Like having to completely adjust to an online curriculum due to Mm -hmm. a pandemic. I mean, that's something that now I feel, I mean, it's two completely different circumstances as we, talked about before the interview started with the connectivity issue you don't have the greatest cell service or internet at your house which makes which makes an already very heavy importance based face-to-face class that much harder with it all being online that is so correct even uh, when i tried to use uh, some of the software that allowed me to see my students face-to-face it would be pixelated it would be (laughs) broken up Uh, I'd lose the connection and that was just so frustrating that I felt that's that's not part of what we need to be doing or I need to be doing anyway yeah and obviously having to make the tough decision to end the teaching career with obviously with the at-riskness of COVID Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. all the technological stuff that's going on I'm not saying that that's a big factor but I know it played a little bit into it, which is... Uh, in my decision, it played a lot, yes. But, I mean, it's extremely unfortunate because, like I said, I feel like having I having only two in-person classes, it feels like, from a student perspective, we have to learn. It feels like we have to l- teach ourselves a lot more than we have to learn be learning things. Online. Well, you're 100% right, uh, In my administrative career, I was often responsible for the online learning at other institutions, and I consistently would say it takes a different attitude toward learning, a higher level of motivation, a higher level of self-directed learning for online learning than it does face-to-face. I mean, that's just a fact of it. It's a different learning style. Yeah, 100%. I've struggled... Not as much last semester. I got kind of lucky in the fact that being locked in a house, I had nothing else to do other than do my homework. Right. Um, but like before, I had struggled with online classes. It's just a completely different beast. You have to 
And if you, if you don't understand something, you're almost going to get buried by it. It feels That's like. right. And there's another factor. I was talking to a friend of mine who is working from home right now. And she mentioned that even though you're working from home, everyone thinks that since you're home, you're free. You're free to do other things. And she said, what you don't realize is I have to work. I have to do that work at home. And if I don't do it at three o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going to have to do it at nine o'clock at night. Yeah, that's, I mean, there was a lot of homework assignments turned in at three in the morning. And I'm sure that Dr. Goddard, when she saw those, she was happy to see them turned in, but probably not as happy to see the time frame of when they were turned in. I'm sorry, John, I missed that question. Oh, I was just making a joke about myself turning in homework at like three in the morning during uh, oh, yeah. during quarantine. Okay. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um. So, you you what have you done during? Has it been a lot of like staying in the house during the whole COVID thing, or are you getting to enjoy your retirement a little bit and go hit the links <laughs> or something? Well, we live on a lake, so. Um, I convinced my wife that we needed a new pontoon and I've been spending a lot of time on the pontoon. <laughs> so yes, I've been enjoying the, the time off uh, very leisurely. Uh, there are fewer bluegill in the lake than there used to be. All snatched up by the, the great <laughs> Byron bond. <laughs> yeah. I love fly fishing. <laughs> That's something that I've never really gotten into, but I might have to. I might have to get a hold of you when it warms back <laughs> Give up. Give it a shot, man. You love it. <laughs> yeah, either go fishing or get a ride on that pontoon. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to talk to me. I really appreciate it. Certainly, um, John. Definitely a presence that is missed on campus. A calming presence in a time that we could use a little bit of calming. Well, uh, I'm sure you can find it. I'm sure it's there. You have my colleagues are very talented, very capable. I'm sure that you'll be well off at trying. They'll they'll take care of you. Well, once again, give it up. Well, if you're if you're listening, if you have a chance or figure out figure out a way to get a hold of Byron Bond. I don't know if he wants me leaking his information, but if you figure out a way to get a hold of Byron Bond, I'm sure he would appreciate it. He'd appreciate hearing from you. And uh, again, big thank you for doing this interview today i've really enjoyed it i hope everybody else enjoys it as much as i have great john i've enjoyed talking to you thank you so much for thinking of calling no problem thank you guys so much for listening i had an absolute blast recording this um yeah it's just it's been a long time since i've gotten a chance to sit down and talk with dr bond with all the covid stuff going on getting sent home early um, can't really can't state it enough how much I enjoy and enjoyed today talking to this man. He's a very influential person and just all around awesome, awesome, awesome individual with some great teaching skills. Um, but that's all I have for you today. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Try and Hack. Follow me on Twitter if you'd like at the real John K underscore. Um, yeah. Big shout out to Christine Olding for getting me in touch with uh, Dr. Bond. See you guys next time. Peace. Thanks for listening to this presentation of the Trine Broadcasting Network. 
part of the Center for Sports Studies at Trine University. Learn more at trine.edu.